It's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 520 for January 25th, 2018. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our returning guest is Tom Merritt host and co-host of the Daily Tech News Show and Cord Killers and Sword Laser and author of many fine science fiction books. How are you doing today, Tom? I am doing well. It's good to be back across the pond. <laughs> your, uh, your introduction's getting longer and longer and longer. I know. I gotta stop doing things. <laughs> so far, you haven't been able to do this. Well, I, I've been thinking a lot lately about how social media makes us feel, because I think about it a lot about what I feel about it. And I actually heard you and uh, Sarah kind of refer a little bit to that. And so I thought it might be fun to noodle this together. Sure. I, I have been thinking a lot lately about why I don't feel as stressed out about social media as some other people say they are. Uh, I have obviously, like everyone, been upset by something that I see said either to me or about something else on social media. But I also think I probably am stressed out more by it than I think I am, Uh, because I think that's a common occurrence, too, is is people think that they're handling it better than they are. So there are certainly things that stress me out about it. And I bet it's worse than I think. (laughs) (laughs) So my goal by the time we're done is for you to realize it's horrible for you. Like, yeah, by the end of this, I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm disconnecting for the next week. (laughs) Well, I wanted to start with a, a quote I heard that I just love. And it it really encapsulates what we do in social media. Someone said, you're not as happy as you appear on Facebook. You're not as clever as you appear on Twitter. And you're not as employable as you appear on LinkedIn. And you're not as pretty as you appear on Instagram. I was what I would add to that. You know what? I am not a good Instagrammer and I'm a little stressed out about that. (laughs) (laughs) See? That's what happens. These young people. There's there's these unreasonable, and Instagram is the poster child for this. There are these unreasonable expectations for what you're supposed to do, A, B, and C. I get upset that I don't read Facebook and people act as if I should know things. I'm like, how did you know that? Where did you hear that? You know, and things inside my family where they're like, Mm. well, you know, Tim, your brother, my brother, uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, when did that happen? I didn't hear about that. Why didn't he call me? Well, he posted it on Facebook. <laughs> you know, in in that vein, I end up with some somewhat of the opposite thing. In, in some ways, when I go to talk to someone I haven't talked to for a long time, I've got these friends that I see once a year at Thanksgiving. There's an after Thanksgiving chili party. And I sit down and I'm like, oh, so guess what's happening in my life? And they go, yeah, I saw it on Facebook. Yeah, I know. I, I know. You, you hiked Machu Picchu. Okay, what else? What else you got? And and it actually, in some ways, it makes real life harder for me in that way. Now, people I talk to every day, it doesn't because I don't have to tell them that I did something, you know, because they already know that. We just talk about other stuff. But it, it, catching up doesn't exist for me anymore with real life friends. I remember that was the really fun part of Twitter in the early days was that Eileen and I actually ended up talking more about her day or my day when she would come home from work than we did before because I would know something had happened because I would see she had posted like, oh, what was that crazy thing that Dr. Kiki did at Revision 3 today? And she's like, oh, right, yeah. Whereas before it'd be like, how was your day? Fine. How was yours? Fine. Like, Yeah, there was, it, it there was no us- thread to pull. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and when you're done with your work day, sometimes you're like, last thing I want to do is think about by day and come up with something. Uh, but Twitter was giving us these, these sort of ins and she'd be like, Oh, I, you know, I, I saw you and, and Veronica had had lunch at this, you know, toaster oven place or whatever. How is that? Is it new? So 
that was a cool period that never lasted because <laughs> uh, we stopped putting those somewhat, I wouldn't call them mundane, maybe they're middane, like not quite interesting, not quite <laughs> mundane. Uh, I, I, w- I would, we would stop putting those on Twitter because Twitter became a much bigger marketplace. And, you know, the, the big, if you remember the big angry thing that people would say about Twitter long before any of the big angry things that people say about Twitter all the time now was like, <laughs> I don't care what sandwich you had for oh, lunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the classic thing. Yeah. Well, speaking of things I hate, I, I can't stand pictures of food. I just, I just hate it. You know, I, mean, I uh, Joe, who who helps uh, me do the Tech Republic uh, videos that I do, is the same way. He's always, he's like, "Why are you posting more food?" I'm like, "I don't post food on Instagram." And then I'll look, and I'll be like, "Okay, but only forty percent of my posts are about food." <laughs> so if you created the food, like, like uh, my friend Diane, she'll, uh, uh, she's got, uh, 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 she participates in a community garden. Our person, both of our friend Diane, she has this this garden where she has grown pumpkins, taken the pumpkins home, cooked them, and made a pie with them. Okay. You get to post a picture of that. I mean, because yeah. that was amazing. You know, plus, I got sense. to eat one and that was really good. But, you know, some chef made this and it was and it looked neat. It is, you know, like, okay, whatever. I've seen pretty food well, okay, before. But, but but you didn't grow the tree that you're, or, the, or the sky or, you know, what 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 things you're, you're not allowed. It's not like you would say you can only take pictures of things you made, right? No, but in the category of food, I have declared that you can only show me pictures of food you made. <laughs> well, but why, why, what is different about food? I'm, I'm going to, it through, also okay. has to be not ugly food. I have a friend who, who posts pictures of meat and meat is not pretty. It's not, it attractive. can be, it's hard though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, a pie, okay, I'm going easy. through uh, my, my last photo was a fresh squeezed orange juice and a matcha tea that are both foamy on top. And I just took a picture and said, froth is in that. How, where does that stand on your. Yeah. Coffee's not too bad, but I don't care about it. There's no coffee. It's orange juice and matcha. What's matcha? And matcha is a tea. Ah, and, and the, and the point of the photo is look how frothy, like the orange juice and the tea both have the same froth. (laughs) I'm not trying to say it's brilliant. I'm just saying I'm not like look at what a chef made. There's there's something else. You're not- noting the froth, I suppose. I suppose. So okay, then I've got a picture of some chips and salsa, and I say free chips and salsa presented immediately on seating. I like this place. So it's and it's showing the evidence of the ah. th- what I'm enjoying, right? Yeah. That's okay. That's not too bad. I, I would probably allow that. Now, as for meat, I think you're not going to like this next one. <laughs> Is your whole feed all No, food? no. I'm skipping all the ones that aren't food. Oh, okay. Like, there's lots of dogs. Don't Okay, <laughs> don't, good. Don't get me wrong. This one is... It's unsettling that this image of delicious ham that makes me hungry is actually the inside of my own shoulder, which is one of my MRI images. Ew. <laughs> but I kind of like it. I kind of like that one the <laughs> See? best. See? It's better so than the I froth. Think it's all about the context. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I, I, you, you bring up dogs, and uh, Lindsay got really mad at me because I started uh, doing experiments to try to figure out how to get the most likes on something on Facebook. And it was after doing this that I just started backing off a little bit because um, I determined that babies get more uh, likes than puppies. Puppies get more, but the next best is old people with babies. Below that is dogs. 
Below that is kittens and below that is cats. What about so, old people with babies riding dogs? Now, that would probably do pretty well, but I don't have any of those to do in my test. But I, I, I started thinking so much about it as I would do these posts and thinking and watching and seeing how many numbers I would get. And then I figured out um, my, uh, my niece, possibly great niece, Molly, has like 11 million friends on Facebook. So just tag your photo with her. And all of a sudden you get all way more way more uh, likes on it. And so I, I got into this thing of just trying to figure it out. And then I, I got kind of burned out, you know? Yeah. I, the reason that I have the hubris to think that I'm not as stressed out by social media as other people, um, which I am also certain I am wrong about. But the reason I, that is my honest internal feeling is that I don't use Instagram much. So I I am never out looking for an Instagram photo. It's usually usually what happens is I'm with Eileen and she says, "Oh, I'm going to take a picture." And I'm like, "Oh, a picture. Yeah, that's that's a great idea." Uh every once in a while something will strike me and I'll be like, "Oh, I don't have anything better to do. That's a cool-looking picture. I'll do that." I don't I never think about it, I never force myself to look at Instagram. I don't try to keep up with Instagram. Same for Facebook. I never go into Facebook just to see what's up. Uh, and I almost never post there. Everything that gets posted in my personal Facebook account is just Twitter reposting. Twitter, on the other hand, I do constantly check. Hmm. It's, and and I don't check so much to see what people are saying. I remember a point, I think in like 2008 or 2009, where I finally said, I can't read every post of the people <laughs> I follow on Twitter every day. I was, I was making myself catch up at night and go back and read every oh, post. And I was like, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. There's too many people on Twitter and they're, they're, they're posting too many things. And so that was the point where I gave myself permission not to just sample Twitter, but I constantly read the at replies. I'm always looking for the at replies. And it's that little dopamine hit of like, Ooh, what somebody said something, what'd they say? How, oh, yeah. I, I definitely read all the app replies. I've always looked at Twitter as a river that you dunk your face down into to look around at the fishies going by and then you pull back out. I mean, I know it's See, supposed to be birds. In 2007, though, it wasn't. In 2007, it was a personal conversation. And it was really fun to be like, oh, I can I can see what Dave Broadback in Canada's day is like. I can, you know, I can see I can see what, uh, you know, the, my friend in Hawaii, what he's doing. And that was really fun until... It was more than 12 people, right? <laughs> By the way, I just pulled up Instagram for the first time and I'm faced with Terry Austin's food at a restaurant. <laughs> See, but sometimes sometimes presentation is immaculate. So I, I, I am not... I'm only arguing with you because you already took one side. I am not totally unsympathetic where it's like sometimes you're like, especially like you said, ugly food. I'm like, why are you taking a picture of that? That doesn't even look good. Uh, but I do get that sometimes a food picture can be pretty amazing. Like, oh, my gosh, that does look amazing. I don't <laughs> I don't want to push the metaphor and say it's like porn or anything, but there is something to be seeing a really good dish and go, ooh, well, where where is that? I might want to go eat there. Maybe that's a foodie thing. You know, I don't go out much. I don't eat out much. Uh, you don't eat food? Not so much. No, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not a food eater. <laughs> I, I do want to get back to the picture thing, though. Is, is, uh, Steve and I, I've started to tease Steve a you lot. You don't about, listen to music. You don't eat food. What do you do, Alan? <laughs> I do tech all the time. Just tech. Yeah, that's all. Uh, that's it. 
Um, I, I've been teasing Steve a lot lately because we've gotten so into posting on social media when we do stuff that I, I've caught him looking at a beautiful view and he'll say, oh, that's a great shot. Uh huh. Say no, no, that's just a beautiful view. You might want to take a picture of that to show it to people, but its job is not to be a shot. Yeah. Its job is to be beautiful. I mean, the ocean, the sunset, whatever. And I've I've run into this where I'm turning to Eileen to say something about the the beautiful view or or the architecture that we're looking at, and she's busy framing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, are you even, are you even seeing this? Like, yeah, I know yeah. you're seeing it because you're taking a picture of it, but like, it, it can get in the way of the natural conversation that you would otherwise have. Yeah, Steve uh, successfully posted a picture to Facebook from the top of our um, seven mile hike up to Machu Picchu, which is impressive. I gotta say, both the <laughs> seven mile hike and posting the picture are both and successfully doing that. Yes, with our Google Fi cards, by the way. Yeah, nice. And uh, but but it was like, oh man, we're standing in front of Machu Picchu right now. We just walked seven miles, almost what felt like straight up to get here, and we're telling other people about it. It's uh, so I've actually, and and maybe it's partly because he's so into it. Is I was always the photographer, and he did uh. video, and now he's taking so many photos that I'm kind of like, well, I don't want to take a picture of the same thing he's taking a picture of. So I've oh, really get, started to back off. I get in trouble for that. Where uh, we'll we'll be out, and Eileen will take a picture of something interesting, you know, some funny sign we see or something. And I'll be like, "Oh, I'm taking a picture too." She'll be like, "Where are you posting that?" It's like I'm posting mine to Instagram. You can't do that. You can't post it there too. She's totally right. <laughs> she is. She She's is. totally right. And I mean, I I remember. If, if, I, unfortunately, Steve will listen to this. I don't know if Eileen will, but I I do remember getting incredibly angry with him once we were uh, out in front of a lake, and I was composing a photo, and he walked in front of me to take a picture of the same thing. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? I finally threw in the towel because he was enjoying taking photos so much. And I was like, you can only complain so many times. And so I've now backed off and I'm not posting hardly at all anymore. I still write snarky things on Twitter. Yeah. But posting pictures, it's sort of like, I don't know. I've, I've lost my mojo on it. I've lost, it doesn't make me feel good anymore so much. I don't, I don't know. I think it's more complex than social media. Right. When when we see a lot of these these complaints, fake news, uh, social media stress, FOMO, uh, all of this stuff, I feel like it's actually part of a larger elephant. Right. It's the, the, the classic platonic elephant where, you know, one person thinks it's a tree trunk and the other thinks it's a rope, uh, but it's really an elephant. And I, I, I bet there is a unifying factor that is, you know, for lack of a better word, tech stress. Where because we are, we can go to our phone to read a book, listen to music, find a place to eat, get driving directions, email people, call people. Like the phone does everything. We start to feel like we have to be doing something on it. Yeah. And, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, I, and, and so then, then we start to do things that we wouldn't do otherwise <laughs> if we didn't have that compulsion. Yeah, like I've take been, pictures of food. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about that when, uh, like, when we drive to the gym. It's only like a twelve-minute drive, but I can't uh, not look at my phone. I can't do it. And oh, so, I really, find- you're, okay. That's interesting because Eileen does that sometimes too. But I have 
definitely noticed more people doing it around me. Maybe I'm just noticing it more, but I feel like more people are looking at their phone in their cars than used to. Yeah, I'm not driving, by the way. I should say that. No, 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 no. Steve's the one driving. But but now what I do, and and we'll be listening to a podcast that I really want to hear what they're saying, but I start fooling around on my phone. So the only way I could figure out how to listen to it was to just play solitaire. So I play solitaire so that I can hear the the, uh, podcast, but I'm still playing with my phone. Yeah. It, and it it does feel obsessive. It feels do like I can't of you not watch, do it. Do either of you play with your phone while you watch TV? Um, I can't. Well, that's a combination. It's my phone. My, my, I actually, when I come downstairs to watch TV in the evenings, I carry my phone, my iPad, and often my laptop too. So it's not just my iPad. <laughs> I have an iPad and laptop by the TV, especially for the, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is my TV I, iPad. I can't do it. I can't unless I'm watching something I don't care about. Right. Um, and I don't mean this to be critical if this is a favorite show of anyone. Uh, but my wife loves the voice and I kind of like it. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. So that's one where I'll be on my phone because if someone singing really captures my attention, then I'll put the phone down. But I don't care if I miss out. But if I'm trying to watch a narrative show that I really enjoy, like Star Trek Discovery, I can't be on my phone. I, w- I will miss things. And it gets really annoying when you're watching with someone who's like, wait, why are, why are they over there now? And I'm like, they just spent 10 minutes talking about why they were going to go over there. And you didn't catch it. I, yeah. It, Steve and I will go back and forth on that. The, the thing I've always done is I uh, crochet or cross stitch or something like that while I'm watching TV. Because I can't just watch TV. I can't sit what there with my hands. What kind of app is that? I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, remember uh, Diane's husband calling uh, calling Diane and I a, a little uh, cottage industry because we were just <laughs> constantly crocheting. Something had to be being created. Um, huh. I, I can't just sit. In it. So if I pick up my phone, you're right. I'm the, I'm that guy going, oh, who's that guy? And then Steve gets mad, but then it's his turn. He'll do it to me. Um, mm. So I, I have to be doing something else. Um, I, I figured out a long time ago, it's one of the ways I can actually keep my mouth shut. So when I was in uh, meetings in uh, at work is I would play um, Bejeweled on my phone and it would keep me from talking in meetings. Okay. And I had a boss who got mad at me once and he, he actually hated me. He was crazy. But anyway, I told him, I said, you've told me you don't want me to talk as much as I want to. This is how I'm not talking. He said, okay, you can keep doing it. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I don't like him either. Yeah, those were a rough couple of years. Let me yeah. tell you, he was—he uh, was not a nice person. But, but uh, there, there is a compulsion, and social media is just one of those wide alleys that you can fall into because of that compulsion, right? So if you're like, ah, I want to do something on my phone, I'm tired of playing Bejeweled, and I harvested all the fruit in Animal Crossing. Uh, <laughs> let me go on Facebook, uh, and then you, and then you, it's. I wonder, I'm just totally thinking out loud now, I wonder if that is a contributing factor to negativity because people are just looking for something to do, right? It's Mm. the same principle of like, if you don't have an after-school program, kids get into trouble. Like, we (laughs) we need an after-school program for us on our phones to stop us from going and picking fights on Facebook. You know, that is a really interesting thought. Um, I've noticed a 
when I get into that mode, I get into what I call vibration mode where I'm like, look at, look at, look at Google plus, look at Twitter, look at Facebook, look at, uh, you know, check my mail, go back over to Facebook, go to Google plus, you know, except nothing's ever happening at Google plus sadly, but I, I just go around in circles on it. And the only reason Instagram is not in that pile is because Instagram's not on the Mac that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an app called Flume, I think, that's supposed to do it, but I don't understand it. Well, you can go with the tab on your browser, but... Oh, you can? Yeah. You can oh, look, I didn't you know browse. it worked in the browser. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that brings up another thing. Um, I've been asking my my great niece, Molly. I, I told her, I said, I don't understand Instagram because it seems like it's halfway between Facebook and Twitter and doesn't do what either one of them does well. And she said the difference is Facebook is a happy place, or I'm sorry, Instagram is a happy place. You just look at pictures and you go, oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. And you look at pictures of puppies and nobody's angry there. Yeah. It's a, yeah. The comments are always related to the picture. Like the picture, it gives gives people something to do. Maybe it ties into that, right? It's like, it oh, instead of, program. I got nothing to do. I'm going to pick a fight and say, I hate the politician you love. Let's fight. Instead on Instagram, it's like, ooh, puppy. That's a cute puppy. And then now I've like, I've done something, but I was, I was directed in how to do it. Do you, do you find, I mean, is it just the people she follows on Insta- Instagram or is it a happy place for you too? Um, it's not happy enough. I kind of find it a boring place to be honest. <laughs> Maybe it's too happy. It's not controversial enough for you. Yeah. When I go in, when I go in and look, it's like, Oh, Daily Bodega. That's Veronica's dog. Great. I will definitely heart that. Uh, oh, Lamar Wilson wrote, put a funny meme. Definitely heart that. Oh, a PlayStation ad. Oh, somebody's cupcakes. Oh, a selfie. Oh, <laughs> some meat. Some food. Oh, you know, like <laughs> I just start, I start getting like, okay, I, I don't have a bad time. I, I totally agree with her on that. But I don't get the urge of like, oh, I have to go back to Instagram because I love looking at puppy food. Uh, or whatever um <laughs> puppy food i think you i just find them yeah i think i just forget to go back to instagram and the the general knock on instagram used to be it makes people feel like their life isn't good enough because everybody looks like they're having a perfect life on instagram and that's when they got into instagram stories to say hey you don't have to perfectly compose every shot these will go away so just do oh, something th- ephemeral is that the purpose of instagram stories that was the that was the idea with Snapchat. That's why Snapchat got right. got popular, right? It was like I don't have to put on my makeup and light the room and make everything perfect for my shot because it's going to go away. So I could just, you know, take a snap real quick and Instagram Stories was imitating Snapchat. Okay. So, well, there but there's Instagram or there's uh Snapchat Stories, but then there's Snapchat. And I've never really understood why I would want to follow somebody's story on Snapchat. Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, Snapchat has Direct messaging, I guess, is what you're saying, right? Where yeah, I can just yeah, send exactly. you a snap directly. Stories is is what most people use Snapchat for, which is the same thing as Instagram stories. Right, right. They're even they, named the same. Yeah, and I think they even, didn't they say, yeah, we just copied that name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steal from the best. That's what they say. Don't try to. Yeah. I do like Snapchat, but I've only gotten into it. Um, it makes me happy because it's always something funny from my family. And that's pretty much the only people that post anything. Uh, well, and, and it is clearly, you know, it's always going to be better based on who you follow. My problem was the people I followed and really liked stopped posting very often. And oh, was, maybe they and went so over to Instagram? I, yeah, I think they all went over to Instagram stories. I was in a meeting yesterday all day long 
uh, with a bunch of other creators, uh, people who do, some people do social media, some people do uh, YouTube shows, some people do art. Uh, they're all over the place. Everybody's talking about Instagram stories. Nobody mentioned Snapchat. And these are people oh, mostly much younger than me. So it's, it wasn't my demo or anything. Sure, sure. I I do think about the age quite a bit, and and I think um, in terms of the demographic of of how people engage in these things, I was watching a woman who was uh, many decades younger than me, and she was uh, she was in the in one of the press areas at at CES, and she had a laptop open in front of her, but she was holding her phone up to her face, interacting with it, and I will always go to my laptop first if that's what's in front of me. And I started wondering, was she doing Instagram? And that was just something, you know, that that was the way to interact. And the size of the device matters a lot in that to me, but apparently not to these kids today. Yeah, I I don't know that that matters to me much either, though. The size? Well, do you have good eyes? I'm, I have glasses that make it <laughs> so that I can see them. Uh, my eyes are are getting worse all the time. Maybe maybe they'll get to a point where I don't care anymore. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I um, when we were talking about photos, one of the things I wanted to say was that I I started catching myself looking at things in real life and thinking, what would the caption be for that if I were to take that photo and post it? Mm-hmm. And it, and it just started to to feel icky after a while to say, why is everything I look at, would that be a good photo f- to be posted? And if so, how would I cleverly write that that caption so that it captured the imagination and got people all excited? I think that's an evolutionary safety net. Uh, it's not that it is bad to do it, but it is bad to only do it and, and to the exclusion of seeing things another way. And I think it's your brain's way of saying, hey, pull back. You're, mm. you're, you're limiting your view, which, you know, on the Savannah, that could mean the lion would kill you, uh, <laughs> if you, if you limited your view. So we're built to stop ourselves from just seeing things in one particular way so that we don't, we don't fall into danger. And I, I know that sounds like highfalutin, but it's the same part of the brain. It may be used for something much sillier like Instagram or whatever, but it's that same part of the brain going, mm, you're always thinking about captions. Maybe you need to stop always thinking about it that way <laughs> i wonder you make me sound so evolved you know <laughs> you are you are highly evolved but so are all humans so you know i don't mean to single you out you know the one piece that i still feel really good about with uh social media is the um uh communities that have been built so we've i've got a google plus community and a facebook group and uh, being able to get in there with people and ask questions and people helping each other just feels really good. I feel like there were some lessons learned all the way back in the Usenet days that just haven't been formalized and passed along. Uh, and it's all about how to build a strong community. What are, what are the aspects you have to have? What kind of leadership do you need? Uh, what kind of rules do you can you get your community to accept because we talk about well you need to put a rule in place but the only reason people follow rules is because they agree with them right uh and and the only reason that we have police is because people won't follow the rules (laughs) not (laughs) it doesn't scare people into making them follow the rules as much as it catches the people who break them right it's it's kind of 50 50 we had mike cole on dtns this week talking about the idea of pelian police 
Robert Peel, who is the prime minister of England, uh, put in place a theory of policing that said, instead of going and cracking heads, you need to work with the people. You work with the people and you get them on your side, then you won't have to crack heads because they'll, they don't want criminals in their, in their hood either. But if they see you as the enemy, they're not going to cooperate with you and they might commit crimes against you. So have the police work with the community. And it really worked. Uh, it's one of the reasons in London that police didn't have to carry firearms for a long, long time and still in many cases don't because they work within the community and they, they try to build trust within the community. And I think that kind of idea crosses over. If you, if you have a community where everybody's like, hey, let's make this a community that's really good for this. And if something threatens our well-being, we all kind of unite and say, hey, that's not okay. Uh, that makes a strong community. And that's the kind of communities I think you're talking about that you have in a Facebook group or in Google Plus, because they're not this wide open playing field. And I think that's why Twitter particularly has this really bad problem is there's no community on Twitter. There are no walls oh, on yeah. Twitter. It's yeah. just one big wide open field where anybody can talk to anybody else, which has its cool aspects. Don't get me wrong. It's one of the reasons I'm still using Twitter is that wide open aspect. But it means that there's no sense of community. There's no like, well, hold on. Now you're, you know, you're hurting us. You're over the you're line. Us yeah. You're hurting us. It's like, nah, oh. I'm just throwing a bomb and then I'm taking off. See you later. Uh, and the way I deal with it personally is I use TweetDeck and I silo things into, oh, these are these are people I like to read. These are news sources. So I'm not just seeing. So you, you have curated lists in Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I made the mistake in that I, I created a list called Interesting. And it would basically be I'd, I'd pick and choose out of the main feed people who were consistently saying something interesting. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I created this great list. But then I started to get interested in politics. And I started... Uh-huh adding political talking people. And all of a sudden I realized I was always unhappy when I looked at Twitter. Yeah. So I think I have to start a subset list of these are the happy people. <laughs> it's know? it's crazy. Um, I, I didn't even have this person on a list, but I had a person in my main feed who I'd followed for years because they just, you know, they were one of those people who are like, oh, that person's cool. And I'm, I'm see what they're up to and what they have to say about things. That person became very political during the last election. And at first it was fine. It was like, I, I follow, I make a point of following people on, on lots of different angles on the issue. Now, I won't even say both sides because I feel like there's a tetrahedron a circle of sides. Memory, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so this person was, was on a particular side. And I was like, all right, that's cool. I get to see what that very extreme perspective thinks. And after a while, I, I found myself just like, oh, it's, from them oh it's from, you know like i wasn't enjoying it and i'm like i don't want to unfollow them because i have a feeling this will go away eventually but i also don't want to hear it so i muted them and i so much it was, overnight i was like oh i like i like reading twitter again oh i know i'm not going to run into that because again since twitter especially since twitter started to do the inline retweet I wasn't just seeing that person's actual opinions. I was seeing all the people that person was retweeting. Oh, I, I, how are you seeing that on like on Twitter.com or on the on TweetDeck? Yeah, no, anytime, anytime okay. someone retweets someone, it kind of looks like it's coming from that person. So if I retweet Allison Sheridan, everyone's going to see your oh, name, right, right, your right, picture, right. and okay. your post. So right. I was—I don't think I even realized just how many 
of these things this person was putting in my feed because I kept uh, seeing other people's pictures. I'm like, oh, why am I seeing all this stuff? I got rid of it. I was like, oh, that's something. <laughs> Yeah, the, I think you do have to be careful how you curate that. I wish you could curate a little bit more on Facebook. I sort of said yes to an awful lot of people at at one point in time, and I don't have the energy to go clean it up. Uh, the result is I never see the people I want to see, and I know I'm, I've got the option to turn on people I should see first, but I swear I still don't see those. Either my son Kyle hasn't put anything on Facebook in the last year or the algorithm isn't quite working the way I think it should. Cause well, I never get, that's it. easily checked, right? Just go to his page. Yeah. yeah, I do. I go look and I go, Oh, look there. Yeah. He really yeah. did post no, he when did he was post engaged. Something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that algorithm isn't perfect. Is that what you're saying, Allison? Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't, hasn't really worked out for me, but I, I did want to say one thing about that. I really do love social media in that I have friends that are absolutely real friends of mine, real close friends that I have real never humans. met. Real humans that I have never met. Uh-huh. I mean, we were kidding around before the show started. Stephen Getz was was uh, listening in. He's this guy in Canada. I've never met him. I talk to him two, three, four times a day. We talk about all kinds of stuff, about our kids, about our Ecobee thermostats, about, uh, you know, he tries to talk to me about hockey because he's from Canada and I don't listen to that. But, I mean, we have these great conversations. I mean, there's this guy, Kevin, in Virginia. We talk to him all the time. We've had, uh, we sent a gift to his daughter when she had had back surgery. I mean, these are real friends. Yeah, yeah. I've never met him. And and without, you know, podcasting and Facebook groups and Google Plus and Twitter and all that, we wouldn't know each other. Yeah, it's it, it, that's the upside, right? And and that's the upside again of the internet. Whether it's Facebook or a chat room or it's not just social media. Like I feel like the industry took over the idea of social media and said social media is a marketing platform and mm. you know, that's what social media means. Uh and it's not. It can be used for that and boy howdy is it, but <laughs> it's not just for that. It is it is the basic appeal of the of the internet which is our ability to find people we share interests with and share information with yeah yeah and and i think that that really that pinpoints it really really well um like when i'm talking to to steven getz we have a lot of the same interests except for hockey and so it's really fun to be able to talk to somebody that you know most of my real life friends won't listen to me talk about tech as long as he wants to you know and so you're able to curate this list of friends of people who will talk about the stuff you want to talk about and are interested in. And, and that is social. And it's, I don't know where the word media fits in, though. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's media because there is a medium of exchange, <laughs> right, uh, through which the information flows. Uh, but it's not, it's not media in the sense of broadcasting, right? Traditional like ABC, NBC, CBS type of media. It's something new uh, and and it doesn't have the same boundaries. And that's why I think when a lot of people corral social media to mean marketing, because so many companies have social media teams, like that is an essential team in your marketing department this these days. Uh, it, it just feels like that's, you're, you're selling it short. Like that is not- yeah. That's not who that is. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't think about the marketing angle at all. To me, that's just noise. I just, I, I don't see it. I don't think about it. I, you know, until I want to try to get a hold of a company, 
you know, you know, the 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 originator originator of that was, was Comcast Cares. I will try to get a company's attention by doing that on occasion, but I don't think about the brands and don't follow brands. I don't think about that at all. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't. It's almost like it doesn't even exist to me. Well, it probably sinks in more than you think. Uh, it would be would be my guess. It there's probably more going on. Uh, in your, and most people say advertising doesn't work on me. It totally does. Like if they, they've done tests where they select for people who say advertising doesn't work on them, then they ask them questions that they would probably only be able to answer if they'd seen advertising and they can answer them. So it does work. I mean, that's, that's why advertising works. You don't always notice it's advertising. When you notice it's advertising, it's not working because you're like, oh, that's advertising. So I, I think you probably. You probably see advertising more than you think, but it is interesting that you're not bugged by the advertising you do notice. Like it's just kind of chaff. Sounds yeah. like yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, people talk a lot about the the news stuff in the right sidebar on Facebook, and I don't think I've ever even looked at it. I mean, it, it's sort of just like I I try to narrow my window so that it's not flashing and bouncing around at me, but I don't really. Uh, I don't know. I don't look at it, but I mean, I'm sure you're right that I'm influenced by advertising, but I watch enough TV that I get it there. Yeah, we all are. Will you watch ads on TV? Why don't you just watch ad-free television? Well, I do as much as I can, but it happens. Yeah, you know, it does. If we start the uh, evening news on time, then we have to watch the commercials or pause and actually talk to each other. Oh. So that's hard. You watch the evening news. Wow. We do. We do yeah. at 6.30. We have dinner at 6.30 and we sit do down you, in front of the Do you turn the on the wireless? <laughs> well, the rabbit ears are a little crooked right now. <laughs> we got to work on those. But uh, yeah. You know, think about the social media thing. I'm, I'm sure you have watched Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. Uh, to anybody who hasn't watched it, uh, it's a horrible, horrible show and you should never just don't even start. It's the worst thing ever. It's amazing. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yes. Uh, don't start it if you don't want to be sucked in and terrified. You and, will not and, be able to stop watching them. And it will absolutely, with a couple of exceptions, uh, make you feel like we are all doomed, at least for a short period of time after watching them. But I, I think they all have really good lessons in them. And even the ones that are positive uh, have good lessons in them. Yeah, we were, we were, uh, we told uh, our mutual friend Dorothy about the show and said, uh, well, here's one you might like. And, you know, and she watched it and she was like, wow, that was good. But man, it was kind of depressing. I said, yeah, we just gave you the happiest one that's ever <laughs> been done. You know, the second happiest one, I think 6 million people die in the plot. Yeah. Uh, and we would have to say offline which one I'm talking about, but uh, uh, it, it's, it's a horrible show, but it, the, the the basis of it is basically it's all technology stuff taken in a, in a path from where we are today. You can see that we could end up where this is. Yeah. And then it's and not then so much things, trying to predict the future as exaggerating the effects to make a point. Yeah. I mean, like if you drew a vector between where we were 10 years ago, where we are today, and then just projected that straight line forward, not, not crazy things, but it's like, Oh man, that's going to be horrible if we do it like that. And it, it's yeah. just, it's just, horrible i just feel awful but i will never well, I forget any of these of, episodes i think it's our way of keeping ourselves from from doing that is we we got to tell these stories and share them and have oh okay now now we know what to don't avoid do that don't do that yeah plus one or plus five i'll give you a f- <laughs> five thumbs up tom 
<laughs> that, oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, I can't say much more, but no, uh, no. Oh, I'm, and if you do start, don't start on the first episode. I can't believe anybody ever watched the second episode. Is if that they the one the with first. the prime minister of the UK? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. Luckily yeah. I didn't start on that episode. I don't that's think a, I would have watched it. That's a good tip. Go to episode two. Yeah. Then you can go back later. Season with episode one. Yeah. Yeah. That once you're used to the fact of how horrible you're going to feel. Right. You watch it. <laughs> have you guys talked about that show on cord killers? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. We were talking about it because somebody in the UK tipped us off before it was even available over uh-huh. here. And we're like, we'd love to watch it. Uh, and then somehow we, we saw some episodes before it got to Netflix. I don't remember if we purchased them or they aired somewhere, mm. but we were able to, to watch them. And I watched them in the unfortunate order in which they aired. Oh. <laughs> uh, but Eileen wasn't with me for the first one. And so she only saw the second one. That was her first experience. And uh, like you, she was very happy afterwards that that first one was not the one <laughs> was introduced to the concept with. Yeah. Yeah. I think Steve accidentally started us on the third one and that worked out pretty well. That was the uh, thumbs up plus five one. Uh, and that one's not as horrible as many of them. <laughs> no, it's got a very sad ending, um, mm-hmm. but it's not. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not the worst of them. by far. No, there, there's no, no. one happy one. Uh, yeah. But it involves death. <laughs> so- <laughs> I mean, I think that kind of says it all, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's quite a show, and and I do I do like especially the stuff that is sort of the projection of social media too. I think that that folds into the conversation we were having. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I I I keep stopping myself from making a point about that particular episode you're mentioning because I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, uh, but it really hinges on the idea that people's opinions of us on social media can make us better people or worse people, uh, and left unchecked, you know, the system can easily be unfair and make us awful people if, if we're not careful. Yeah. You know, that, that makes me think about one side effect that's been interesting in, uh, in Facebook for me has been, uh, people posting about their parents after they pass away and getting to read these wonderful memories of, of you know, why their parent was so important to them. or um, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes when their parents are still alive, but things aren't going so well. And, yeah. and being able to give some sympathy to somebody who, may, you know, maybe you wouldn't sit down and have dinner with them, but, you know, you're like, oh, man, that's, that's really rough. I'll, you know, I'll be thinking about you. You know, just you feel like you're giving a little bit to, to help a little bit, and, and that, can, uh, that can mean something, I think. That's interesting that you say that because um when we lost our dog Django uh, a year ago which I know it's not like losing a parent I've lost a parent and it's not the same but it was really hard uh, yeah. because she was our first dog together as a couple uh she was amazing we'd had her through Oakland San Rafael Los Angeles uh I wrote on Facebook a long post about what she had meant to me because I wasn't a dog person growing up. And, and I started I to realize 
that she had made me into a dog person. So I, I had all these feelings, right? And I didn't know where to put them. It wasn't appropriate to put them on my blog about tech because uh, I didn't do that kind of stuff there. Not that it would be inappropriate, but it's like that would just be out of nowhere. But I'm like, you know, the place for this is Facebook because the people who follow me there do want to hear my personal things. This is a very personal thing. And I know that my friends and family will see it. Uh, and it felt like the right place. I don't have a lot of those situations, but that was one time where I'm like, oh, I know where I'm putting it. This goes on Facebook. This is appropriate. I, I need to write it. I need to express it. Yeah. And this would be the right place. And the feedback you got was good? Oh, yeah. No, it was all, like you say, it was pe- from people who, you know, sort of tangentially know me saying like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. To people who are like, oh, I, you know, sharing their memories of Django the dog. And, and yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that that's a that's a really sweet story. That was uh that was that was a nice post that you did and and definitely fits into the category of what I'm talking about where you're you're kind of opening yourself up and talk about this pretty huge feeling and and yeah, um, emotional stuff. Yeah, and that's I think that's a great place to end actually. I th- I I, f- I feel better about it. Now you made me like it again. <laughs> There's good and bad, right? It's like anything else. You can stab people with a screwdriver or you can build a house. Oh, <laughs> well, if people want to follow you and don't know you already, how would they how would they find you, Tom? <laughs> yes. Leave your screwdrivers <laughs> aside <laughs> uh, and they can uh, find me at TomMerritt.com. That collects all of the things I do together. Uh, or if you want my take on tech stuff, DailyTechNewsShow.com, which Allison is frequently on. Yay. All right. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, Tom. You bet. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. This show is not supported by ads. It's supported by you. If you learn from the show, or even if you're just merely entertained by the shows, please consider supporting the show. If you go to podfeet.com, there's a big red button in the top banner that says support the show. If you click it, that will reveal to you several ways to contribute. You can pledge a monthly amount using Patreon. You can use the Amazon affiliate link for your country. You can make a one-time donation using PayPal, or you can record a listener review, which is an awesome way to contribute. You can always chat directly with me via Twitter at PodFeet or email me at allison at podfeet.com. You can join the conversation in Facebook by going to podfeet.com slash Facebook or on Google Plus at podfeet.com slash Google Plus. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.